0: Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where personal finance is about the person, not the numbers. And budget isn't a four-letter word anymore. Here is your co-host and certified professional financial coach, Kelta Dickey.
1: Alright, on this episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, we are going to be talking about caretaker tendencies. In the personal finance space, sometimes this is referred to as an overgiver. I personally don't love that title. I feel like it's got a little bit of a negative connotation to it. To me, a caretaker is, a, is highlights the benefit and all the really good things about this person who has a caretaker tendency It um, doesn't highlight what can necessarily be wrong with it. So what is a caretaker? A caretaker is someone who uses their time, money, or energy to assist their immediate family members, friends, or colleagues now that sounds lovely right so it's not always a problem but when it presents as a problem is that oftentimes this can be at a sacrifice to you financially so the first thing i want you to know is caretaker tendencies happen on a spectrum we all have some caretaker tendencies it's not that you're either you are one or you aren't one. That's not how this works, okay? So what does it look like? What are some of the tendencies or the behaviors or the habits you might have that would be considered caretaker tendencies? The first is if you are always coming to the need of those around you. Either you're running errands for people all the time, you're helping to fix a car or pay for a car repair, maybe you're babysitting every single weekend. These are examples of caretaker tendencies. Another example is if you are working maybe a job that you really despise and it makes you miserable or you're working two jobs or you're working a lot of overtime and that kind of thing so that your spouse or a significant other can pursue a dream business or a hobby of their own, that is also one sign of sort of a caretaker tendency. The other thing that can often happen is A caretaker will sometimes think, what would they do without me right now, though? So right when they're in this situation and they're thinking about helping, they ask this question or they have this thought of, well, they need me, or but they need my help. And they're going to be destitute if, I don't sort of come to the rescue right now, okay? Um, And it is really important to know that this is not just a financial characteristic. So you can be a caretaker if you are continuously giving of your time, money, and energy. So it's not just money, but of course, that's what we're highlighting because that's what we do, we're financial coaches. Um, So it can show up in a few different ways. And again, it doesn't mean that you are always coming to the rescue. It doesn't mean that you're always helping a family member. You can be doing this sometimes and not others, and still that is a caretaker tendency, okay? When it presents a problem, like I said, is if it is damaging or sabotaging your own financial progress. So you've got a great plan in place, but then all of a sudden someone needs you, someone in your life, maybe that's you know a grown daughter or son or a coworker or another family member or a really good friend. And instead of following your own plan, you sort of halt all of your own progress maybe even go into debt yourself or dip into your own savings and that kind of thing to help that person now of course there's times where that's you know not a bad thing right so how do we know when it's a bad thing the first thing that I want you to know that we really do at Fiscal Fitness is that we appreciate the caretaker tendency first and foremost as a strength I believe that no matter how painful or destructive sometimes a person's relationship with money can be, especially if we're observing it from the outside and we're looking in, at the core, caretakers tend to display more compassion and empathy and they're some of the most generous people in our world. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So I actually wrote down in my notes for this episode, without caretakers in our world, it would be an uglier, harsher place. So let's just remember that as we're working through this, this is not about halting all of your caretaker tendencies or putting a total kibosh on them. It is simply making sure we're balancing these caretaker actions with a caretaker of yourself. So taking care of your own finances. Another thing to keep in mind is if you know someone, so if you're listening to this episode and you know someone who is demonstrating these caretaker tendencies and it's sort of to the extreme, maybe it really is harming them financially and you can see that they're digging themselves into a hole because of it, it's really important not to judge them or make them feel judged because of it. If you do that, what typically happens with caretakers is that it leads them to continuing the behavior but simply hiding it from you or hiding it from a coach because they feel judged. So that is the first thing that we always tell our clients when we're starting to notice some of these behaviors. The very first thing we want them to do is call us right away if they find that they're in the position to help somebody and they're thinking of doing that. And our approach will never be to tell them not to do it. It's going to be to help them troubleshoot and ask some questions maybe come up with some brainstorming ideas on how they can help that person without it being a financial donation and that sort of thing, which we're gonna talk about in just a second. So the first thing that I want you to do is ask yourself, what do you consider the purpose of money to be? This is actually a great question. Whether or not you are considering yourself a bit of a caretaker or not, uh, this is a great question that everyone should ask themselves. What do you consider the purpose of money to be? Four caretakers typically are those that are sort of on the higher end of the spectrum of caretaking tendencies. Chances are their purpose with money is going to be something very altruistic, um, or they'll say that it should be shared with others, that money is meant to be used to take care of one another. In other words, it's usually not a purpose around accumulation. So they don't wanna accumulate money, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that answer. But if you find that that's not your answer, but yet you are giving a lot of it away and taking care of others with it, then there seems to be a misalignment there between what your actions are and what you consider the purpose of your money to be. I think the goal for all clients when it comes to their caretaker tendency sort of showing up in their life is that we want to find a way and a strategy that honors their own goals and financial security and financial progress while giving. Okay, I actually believe that there is absolutely a sweet spot there where you can do both. And that's what we are always trying to explore with the steps and the actions that I'm gonna give you in just a second. So the first question that I want you to ask yourself after you've heard of this sweet spot is do you even Feel as if that's possible. Are you yourself open to exploring this possibility that there is a sweet spot to discover, that you can find a really well-balanced, aligned way that you give and also take care of yourself at the exact same time? And if you think that that's possible, then being open to finding it and exploring these different strategies until you find it is the answer, okay? so. Here are some strategies for finding that sweet spot if you are a caretaker. I want you to ask yourself how you would feel if you spent $500 on yourself, and I want you to journal that out. And then I want you to ask yourself how you would feel if you spent $500 on another person. And typically the person you wanna be thinking about when you journal out this answer is the person that you are most likely to be giving money to today, okay? So if it is that, really best friend or a colleague or you know a parent or a sibling or a grown child if you are giving money to somebody imagine that person and ask yourself how do I feel when I do that like what emotions come up for me and we've seen the gamut here with these answers so you know some people feel that they feel love they feel joy like it fills their cup it makes them happy and satisfied and fulfilled when they do that. And other times, the other extreme of that is that sometimes people feel frustrated and they feel resentful. Right. It is really important. The more you give, asking yourself with each decision how you feel when you do it helps you to identify when are you giving out of obligation and it's actually causing you resentment. And when are you giving because it truly feels like a gift from you? Okay, and simply paying attention to what patterns pop up for you is the reason you want to ask yourself that question. Um, Also, ask yourself, what do you gain by these behaviors or these decisions when you make them? And on the extreme end of caretaking tendencies, so those who You know, really do go into debt to the extreme or will deplete their savings in order to help somebody else. Um, Some of the things we've heard are self worth. So, hearing somebody tell you once you've given them money or, you know, helped them out that, oh, I couldn't have done it without you, gives you that feeling of like worthiness, right? And it's not to say that that's bad. It's not to say that there's something wrong with that or we want to judge that feeling. We simply wanna lean into a little bit more, okay? Another thing that we see often, um, again, and this is for those extreme scenarios, and so you may know somebody who is like this in your family, um, and so you may be on the receiving end of this, which is why I wanted to talk about it, is that it comes from a place of trying to make amends. So they're overcoming something from the past that they feel guilty about, one uh example that i can give you that we've seen a few times is um a parent who maybe you know had children young or in a different financial position and they feel as if maybe they didn't give them everything that they wanted when they were growing up or the parent who their you know daughter or son had to take out student loans to go to college and the parent still feels badly about that even after the child has graduated from college, has a job, is paying on them, all of that, the parent can oftentimes feel you know guilty about that. And that's a generational thing. There are certain generations that are gonna feel that more than others. Um, the reason I just wanted to highlight that one really quickly is because if you are on the receiving end of a caretaker's tendencies, where maybe somebody is giving you things, whether you ask for them or not, be aware that this might be something that they're thinking or feeling and a dialogue with you on how you think or feel. I know for me, I had to take out student loans in college. My, I was a first generation college student. I really didn't even know what I was doing when I was taking out college loans. Uh, I believe that's in my top five mistakes episode because I really didn't question anything about how much I was taking out or anything. Um, and simply having a conversation with my parents that i don't regret that at all i learned so much through that i consider my college a gift it you know definitely set me up in ways and i gained so much from going away to college i have no regrets about that and i don't want them to feel guilty about that like i'm really proud what i gained from that experience is confidence in myself And it gave me the gift of self-reliance, that I figured it out. I did it. I was able to do it on my own. I felt independent. It gave me so many beautiful gifts. And if I share that with my parents, maybe that helps them to shift that guilt, right? So that it's like, oh, that's my perspective on it. Their perspective maybe is that I was thinking something different, right? Like, oh, why couldn't my parents afford to put me through college like my friends or something like that? I've never once questioned that, and it might just be really good for them to hear that. So that's why I wanted to highlight that example. Uh, sometimes the person gains attention. So if you give to another person and then that person goes and tells somebody else, right? Like, oh, this person saved me or, oh, if it wasn't for this person, I would have been in so much trouble. Um, it can give the caretaker attention um, and again, makes them feel special and loved and appreciated and all that kind of thing. The last one, excuse me, that I just wanted to highlight really quickly is a a bit of superiority. Um, Typically where we see this show up is from a caretaker who tends to be wealthier or has seen some success in their life. So. Giving is not a financial hindrance to them, um, but the reason they give is because it gives them a feeling of importance, or again at the extreme level, dominance. And it's not harming them, so it's not a matter of whether they should or should or should not do the caretaker habit. Financially speaking, right? It's just a matter of whether or not the energy is in alignment with the kind of energy you wanna have when you are in a giving spirit, okay? So, here are some steps you can take if any of these things show up for you or a loved one that you know, and I highly recommend that you ask them to join our Fiscal Fitness group where they can watch a video of the caretaker tendencies or share this podcast episode with them, and maybe it will give them a beautiful little nudge. The first thing is to try and embrace where the desire to help comes from, because truly most caretakers, it is just this innate desire to help other people. And again, that is such a beautiful thing. We don't want to temper that, right? Like we want that to stay. We wanna simply add to it these strategies that allow you to take care of your own finances at the exact same time. So because though a caretaker genuinely has the desire to be helpful, we want to really evaluate if the gift is really helping or if it's enabling, okay? So is this gift truly helping the recipient? If they know that you are always there to bail them out or always there to help, are you building their own skills of self-reliance responsibility, brainstorming, troubleshooting, problem solving, all of those things, right? Are you teaching them to fish or are you giving them a fish is essentially the question, right? Then the next question you can ask yourself if you're in that mode where someone's asked you for help is if I were to truly help them, what would that look like instead of giving money? Okay, so can we come up with some strategies or some ways of helping that aren't financial in nature? And then how else can we provide help without harming our own financial security? And then here are some very specific steps and exercises that you can take to help flex this muscle of um, making sure you're taking care of yourself and not coming from A place of resentment or obligation when it comes to giving. Attend a party and not be one of the helpers. Caretakers tend, again, this is not just financial. They tend to be caretakers in a lot of parts of their life, including attending a party. They're going to help do the dishes. They're going to be the one taking out the trash. So the next time you go to a party, I simply want you to observe who is taking on that role, right? They're gonna to offer to run to the store, they're gonna help with setup. they're gonna help with tear down, they're gonna help with cleaning because it is just their natural ability to sort of step in and do what people need help with, right? And it also serves as a good distraction because they're busy doing the caretaker type habits, right? So try to attend a party and not be the helper. That is a really good challenge for a lot of caretakers. Be in a relationship, especially a friendship, without being needed. A lot of the times, caretakers tend to be the one who's like helping in coaching and giving advice and there to like talk a friend off the ledge. And very rarely do they have the opposite type of friendship with somebody where they are the one that's able to call and, you know, have an ear to cry on or a shoulder to cry on and that sort of thing. So, You don't have to flip it entirely. So, you don't have to go from one extreme to the other, but simply try to be in a friendship or relationship that is more even. Okay. So, that's usually a first baby step is, you know, if there's a spectrum here, where on this end over here, you are, um, you know, always coming to the rescue, always helping, always on the giving side of the friendship. A middle step is that it's simply more 50-50 or more reciprocated. The other extreme of that is that you are always on the receiving end. And that feels like a huge step oftentimes for caretakers. It actually feels impossible a lot of times. So it's probably not going to happen. Um, Okay, next step that you can take is to journal out what does a healthy and reasonable level of giving look like? Again, we're not trying to halt it entirely. We're simply trying to create a bit of a better balance. And if we can identify what does it look like to do it in a really positive way, in a very healthy way, then we can start putting changes in place that get you a little closer to that. And it also helps with visualizing it. Like, that's what I want this to look like. That's what I want this to feel like when I do it. So once you have that visualization, it's easier to identify when it doesn't look like that and when it doesn't feel like that. Uh, Number four is to fund a giving savings account so that you can give, there's simply a limit once it's gone. So you can open a savings account uh, and title it giving or donations or something like that and come to the rescue fund. I'm not really sure you can call it whatever you want. Uh, And the idea is put some money in there every single month. And then when someone needs um, a gift or needs some money, perhaps you know that you've got a place for it. You've been putting the money aside for it, but it's not a free for all. That is a really great strategy for somebody who would not pay their own utility bill or not, um, you know, they'd have to put like gas and groceries and stuff for themselves on a credit card in order to help somebody else. The idea there is that you've created a bucket for it, but you know, all of your other necessities are taken care of first. And so there is a plan in place. It's just got a limit to it. So it's not never, it's just not as much or with a plan in place. And the last strategy I want to share with you, the step that you can take to help find this sweet spot with your caretaker tendencies is to try and find three ideas that don't involve money before you give money, okay? Now, that can be tricky. I believe this is one of the best things we do with our clients is simply brainstorm that. So when something happens, they've been asked for money from someone, it's so hard when you're really close to the situation and close to the person to, I'll say think clearly or feel clearly or really be able to brainstorm with an open mind. Our job can be to talk through that with you, brainstorm, make suggestions. What about this? Have you thought about trying this? What if you talked about this with that person? We're able to do that so much better because we're not super attached to the situation. So my recommendation would be to try and come up with three different strategies or brainstorm three different ideas of ways that you can help without giving money first. And only after you've tried and that other person, the recipient has tried those three ideas first, do you even consider giving money. So that is our episode for today. I'm just gonna end with a really quick quote that I think captures this beautifully. We all do things for people we love and that's okay. But if you're doing it consistently and all the time, you're enabling them not to be responsible. And that's by Ron Miles. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week.
0: If you would like more information about how we can help you take the stress out of money with one-on-one financial coaching, please check out our website, www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. And please join our private Facebook group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash fiscal And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.